When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, 630 Chad. A familiar tale for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They allow an early goal, get tons of shots, tons of scoring chances, but can't finish, and they lose their third straight. 3-1, the New York Rangers take this tonight. Michael Grabner, two goals for New York. Antti Ranta, very good in their net. He winds up making 38 saves tonight. Let's go downstairs to Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, we... You know we're going to have to uh, again look at that. We're we're generating uh, pressure towards the net, but there's not a lot of secondary chances. Uh, Tippins, deflections seem to be going wide rather than than to the pads, and um, you know just not enough secondary scramble type stuff. Even at the end, we're we're poking away, but um, there's not enough of that. And uh, the goaltender's probably a little too comfortable, so we're going to have to work on that. I'm sorry. Rangers scored two minutes into the game. Well, no, I didn't say that uh, naturally, but I said a lot of other things I can't say right now. Um, you know, again, it's disappointing, and, and I said this morning, I, I think they're one of the top two, three teams in the National Hockey League. Um, you give them. Nuge gives him the present and number on the third goal. We give him the gift on the back check on the first goal. Um, you know, maybe they, through, through the game or the way the game is played, they get the second one. They got six guys on the ice, they get a deflection, it goes in, you got to give them that. But two presents against the top two teams in the league, not a chance. And then you don't score enough. You got a lot of players missing in action, too. Uh, well, it was certainly based on tonight. Uh, Ebbs wouldn't get a passing grade in my book or else he would have stayed there. And, and uh, I thought Pitter did a tremendous job in going up there. So uh, you earn your keep, and, and Ebbs didn't earn it tonight in my mind. Thank you. Good night. All right, short and sweet from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 10:28, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Do want to quickly mention earlier today the Eskimos advance, beating Hamilton 24-21. More on them on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. Very pointed comments there from head coach Todd McClellan, who says Ebbs wouldn't get a passing grade in my book. Well, I, I don't think he had to say it for, for anyone that was at the game or watching them to know that's how he felt. I mean, Jordan Everly was taken off of Connor McDavid's line. Uh, he didn't get some of the ice time that you would normally see him getting. Uh, at the end of the night, what did he end up with, Jordan? Had... Uh, 16, almost he less only, than 17 minutes. He only played 357 in the third period. Yeah, so and that's where, I mean, the Oilers needed him at that point. But uh, as Todd said, uh, he wasn't playing well enough to justify putting him out there. And Tyler Pit Pitlick was. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, I thought, was excellent tonight. Uh, and what, and I, I was saying to Bob after the game when he asked about Jordan, you're not always going to put the puck in the net. You're not always going to get the breaks. If you're getting your chances, that's good. And the puck sometimes will win, sometimes it won't. But what will drive a coach crazy is when you start the rest of your game starts to falter. You have lapses in your defensive play, lapses in your work ethic, things like that. That a coach will not accept. And I think that's the main reason that Todd McClellan made the move right there. And it, it will it last a period, a game, whatever. Jordan's eventually going to get back up there. But I think a message was sent that it does not matter who you are on this team. You have to play within our system or you're not going to play. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. So the Oilers now one-fifth of the way into the season. They are 9-6-1. If you break it into two eight-game segments, they went 7-1 in the first segment and 2-4-2 two, two in the next one. So obviously they went from uh, an excellent one 
to a really bad one, and they kind of wind up with, uh, um, I guess, a slightly above average record. They do still lead the Pacific Division, actually. They'll have a showdown for first place with Anaheim on Tuesday night. We have Jeff on the phone line. Jeff, thank you for calling. Hello? Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. Uh, what do you guys think about the goals that have been happening at the start of the game? I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I can't believe, like, uh, what, what are the odds? Well, I don't know what the odds are. I know that this is something that the Oilers addressed. They talked about it. Uh, any player that has been interviewed over the last couple of days has stressed the fact that they know what they, they're not doing right at the beginning of the games. They know they have to be better. But, but talk is cheap, and you got to do it on the ice. And unfortunately for the Oilers tonight, same thing. And t to me, it, it's, it's been simple. Uh, careless mistakes, lazy mistakes. Uh, the Oilers seem to get better as games go on. But you got to bring the same intensity, the same emotion from the drop of the puck, and the Oilers have not done that, and it's cost them. Oh, it's just frustrating. I mean, I, I just about shit watching, watching the game, like, every single time. Well, I mean, it's it's tough, and I can imagine that Todd McClellan and the coaching staff is even more frustrated at it, with it than the fans are. It, it's something that it's, and I don't think it's just this year. We've seen it over the past. The Oilers were slow-starting hockey club, and they, get, they, they seem to find their way into the game, and then they get better as the game goes on. But when you're playing good teams, you cannot fall behind because good teams, when they get a lead, they know how to win. And whether the, the Rangers are undefeated this year when they're leading after two periods. So you can't afford to fall behind good teams because you're chasing. And when you're chasing, one mistake will kill you. And that mistake came when Nugent Hopkins gave the puck away, and all of a sudden that game was over. So it, it was a tough start for the Oilers again tonight and uh, something they're going to have to obviously correct if they want to start getting back into the win column. Yeah, it's a horrible trend. I mean, five times in the last seven games, the Oilers have allowed a goal in the first two minutes. And seven games in a row, they've allowed at least one goal against in the first nine minutes. Now, some of those they also scored in that span. But but still, you're not even making it through the first half period, keeping the other team to zero seven games in a row. And, and I mean, you you wonder now if, it, if it's in their heads, if they're pressing at the start of the game, if they're nervous, if they're worried about making a mistake. And I mean... And, and it wasn't just Pitlick on that first goal because the Rangers had a pretty open shot before that, but he skates, has a chance to clear a rebound, and it ticks off his stick and yeah, lands right there. I, I, to me, he's not. Uh, there's no blame on him. He's in the right spot. That's just uh, well, unlucky. That, yeah, it's just error, unlucky. Sure. I think that one's unlucky. I mean, it started with, I believe it was Greib that got beat. Uh, I believe that <laughs> Klein jumped up into the play, went right past Greiba, and all of a sudden there's a scoring chance. The rebound comes out, Pitlick misses the play it, it was a, an unforced error but then there's another ranger there and nobody's covering him i think that's what uh, the problem that for tom mcclellan is is they didn't have enough guys back you're you're watching your man instead of being with your man and that's that's got to stop because there's too many good hockey team hockey players on some of these good teams that if they get a scoring chance they're going to bury it and the Rangers did that tonight three times. Rangers win it 3-1. Later on, we will go into their dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. So the, the shots on goal, 39-27 for the Oilers. The shot attempts, when you factor in all shots, including the ones that went wide or were blocked, was 77-40 in favor of the Oilers. And, and I used this phrase after the Dallas game a couple of nights ago, Rob. In the offensive end, there are a lot of almosts for the Oilers. Oh, he almost got his stick on it. Oh, he had a good shot, but he, you know, didn't. You know, he shot it into the goalie's logo instead of maybe making a, a more accurate shot. And and I mean, the puck is around the opposition net, but they're just not able to finish anything. Yeah, the the finish. I, I don't know if it's concerning. I think eventually it all evens out. You want to see the chances, and they're getting the chances. They're having good zone time. What you want to see more of, and Tom McClellan talked about it, you want to see more of the battles in front of the net, uh, the tips, the, the second chance, the third chance. Uh, most goaltenders in the National Hockey League when they're on their game, they're going to make the first save. It's the second and third save that are going to beat you. I mean, a perfect example tonight is the breakaway Grabner gets. He makes a fantastic move on Talbot. Talbot still makes that first save. It's the second. It was the rebound that went in and beat him. So good goaltenders make the first save. The Oilers have run into some goalies playing very well. They're making the first save. The Oilers just aren't getting the second and third shots. You can get us at 780-496-0063. The Oilers fall 3-1 
to the New York Rangers. The three stars tonight, Michael Grabner with two goals. He's star number one. He now has 10 on the season. Antti Ranta, the second star, with 38 saves. And Connor McDavid with an assist tonight. He now has six assists in his last four games. He's the third star. Rob and I are going to give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, we almost always pick an oiler here unless it's a, a complete, like, uh, 8 nothing type of loss. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, he had a few chances tonight. Would have been great if he could have finished that breakaway in the first period. First game back from uh, injury. I'm going to go with uh, Zach Cassian. Three shots, seven hits. I, I thought there was three players that had very, very good games tonight. I thought Cassian was one of them. I thought Pitlick was one of them, and I thought Sekra was one of them. So I'm going to go with Sekra. He had a goal tonight, played 21-43, which was third on the team. Ten shot attempts. Unfortunately, only one of those got on net. That was the one that went in the net. But I thought Sekra was very, very good tonight in a game that the others, as Todd McClellan said, not everybody was here. You know, you make an interesting point with the Sekra shot attempts. And you know what, I... I but again, seven shots blocked for him, and and that's and that's an issue. I mean, he's earned the nickname the the Shin Pad Assassin, and we we know that the Oilers have trouble getting shots through from the point. I mean, they they don't have a heavy slap shot. Fine, that that's one thing. Not every team has an absolute bomb at the line. And I know he's probably going to be in the American Hockey League once injured guys get back. But I thought Matthew Benning does the best of any Oilers defenseman at getting a shot through from the line. Well, he's he's got uh, the advantage of having a father and an uncle that have played and probably have passed on some of their their uh, offensive instinct and, and, and helped them along the way. But what he's very good at is walking the line, changing the shooting angle that he has. If there's someone coming out at him, he'll move a foot, foot and a half to get himself a better shooting angle. Not always slap shots on net. Most of his are wrist shots or snap shots. But he does get him through. And if you saw in anyone that was here at the game tonight, in the last five, six minutes of the game when the Oilers were pressing, Benning was on the ice a lot. And only his partner, Sekra, played more five-on-five five tonight than Benning. So the coaching staff has is, is, is liked what they've seen, and, and justifiably so. He has been very good. There's He's still got some hiccups. He's still uh, probably in over his head uh, at moments during the game and uh, he experience and, and more time playing at the pro level is going to help him with that but when he has the puck on his stick he knows what to do with it and the very end when they pull their goalie Benning was on the ice and did a very very good job of getting the puck through to the net 3-1 the Rangers beat the Oilers tonight we have Jim standing by at 780-496-0063 Jim you're going to finish the play with us but first let's uh, hear about the game man well do you do you guys really think that the Oilers are, are a little complacent um I don't know complacent I think I think maybe you're starting to see where they really are in the standings I think maybe the bar was a little too high when they started out 7-1 and one, and people got maybe too excited I mean, this was they've they played some pretty good teams, and they're not quite there. They lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to the Rangers twice. Those are good hockey clubs. So maybe they are, as Bob said in the in the opening, in the second quadrant of the National Hockey League. I don't know if they they're complacent. I think that sometimes they get overwhelmed a little bit. But even even again tonight, I mean, they could have won this game. They, they outplayed the Rangers for large parts of it. It's just that the Oilers are making big mistakes and they haven't been able to regroup after them as those ones seem to go in the back of the net. Yeah, just giving up the goal like, you know, a minute into the game and then they got to play catch-up hockey, which which is pretty hard to do against some good clubs. Yeah, well, complacent off the start of the game, we could I mean, we could probably ask 10 people, Jim, and get 10 different adjectives for the start of the game, and maybe complacent would be one of them. I don't know if overall they're complacent, because I don't think that, you know, I don't think when they were 7-1 or 7-2-1 that they thought they were going to steamroll the 60 wins and, 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 and win the Stanley Cup. I mean, certainly things were going right for them that weren't going right now. Um, you know, I just I just think they've kind of fallen into a rut here of of falling behind, and then you know not being able not being able to finish some of their chances, not being able to score on a couple of power play shots tonight. So, yeah, I mean maybe 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 we'll think differently when they play the next two or three the next three games here on the road. But I mean clearly there there are some warts that are showing now. Jim, you're I think, sorry, I think they'll ahead. turn the I think they'll turn the ship around. 
Well, I mean, look, like like Rob said, like Bob said, we when they were seven and one, we knew that wasn't going to continue. Now they've won two of their last eight against you know some better teams than they were playing earlier. So if you would have told somebody at the start of the season they'd be nine six and one 16 games in, I don't think anybody would have would have freaked out about it. Three you know three more four more tough games coming in against playoff teams from last year. So you know we'll we'll see if they can scratch out some points out of those. Exactly. Jim, you're going to finish the play here, so you're going to try to qualify for the grand prize draw, which is $1,000 to Integra Tire. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. We got a Connor McDavid chance here, so listen to this. And now streaking in one more time is Vizi. He'll shoot it in, knocked down by Talbot, plays it high up on the plexiglass, and that's fielded cleanly by McDavid. He'll cut to the middle, break through Rick Nash, take it out wide. All right, so he takes it out wide. Does he shoot from there, or does he try a wraparound? Tries a wraparound. To now streaking in one more time is Vizi. He'll shoot it in, knocked down by Talbot, plays it high up on the plexiglass, and that's fielded cleanly by McDavid. He'll cut to the middle, break through Rick Nash, take it out wide, cut behind the net for a wraparound and a save made by Ronta. Good stuff, Jim. You're in the grand prize draw. You were paying attention. McDavid almost getting that. That was one of the almost <laughs> for the Oilers in this game, a, a wraparound as he stormed around the, the net in the first period and could not finish. The Oilers wind up losing 3-1 to the New York Rangers. And let's hear from McDavid, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. What's going to take the step out of this funk, whatever it is that's going on? Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to take Barron down on, on you know, the details of the game. I mean, it's a two-game season. It's a long year. You're going to go through highs and lows, and um, you know we're going through one now. And the only way to get out of it is uh, you know, work extra hard. It's sit and giving up the goal so early and chasing the game. Keep giving up a goal early. Yeah, we're well aware of that. You know, you, um, you know we, we play the game. You know, we're giving up early goals, and um, you know it's something that we're obviously uh, talked about, and, and we're we're trying to figure out again. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we're, we're slow at the gate, but um, we'll figure that out. Does it take one guy to just get it going? Uh, no, it takes uh, a group of guys. It takes uh, the whole the whole team's just got to turn it around. I mean, when other guys are, are you know, maybe not feeling the best, that's that's when guys step up, and um, you know, that's, the, that's the whole thing of the team. So, um, you know, we're a team first, and we stick together no matter what, through the highs and the lows, and um, you know, like I said, we're going through a low, and um, we'll get out of it. You and uh, Jordan separated for the first time this season. Uh, just wasn't going early tonight for you guys, you think? Or? I'm not sure. You know, I thought we had uh, a few chances early, and, and um, you know, we did some good things at, at the beginning of the game, but um, you know, for whatever reason, um, we got split up, and, and that's okay. It's going to happen in anything like that. So you know, whether we're back together or not, it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of guys that can play um, you know, with everyone. So, Well, yeah, how about that? Read that's Connor McDavid. Thanks, Brendan. Well, some measured comments there from the Oilers' young captain. And, you know, i, I got to admit, I, I know fans aren't uh, driving home and, and listening tonight laughing because the Oilers lose their third in a row, but made me chuckle a little bit. He was asked about the, the early goals against. We're well aware of it. He said, I mean, and that's the thing, Robin, you've been there as an athlete where sometimes the same thing does go bad in a game. You've been there. I don't know if it would have been early goals, but you've had bad things happen to you and teams you've played on. And sometimes, you know, it, it is, again, if it was that easy to fix, we would just we would just not do it. I mean, it, it's an issue for the Oilers, but I, I don't think McDavid is, you know, again, if he had the roadmap to never allowing an early goal, they would they would never allow one. It's true. I mean, they talk about it. They, they discussed it. They knew what they were supposed to do. And to me, it's bad luck, a little bit of laziness, a little bit of miscommunication, add in a little... Uh, going towards the wrong man, not knowing which position you're supposed to be. I mean, it, it all added up. I mean, it, it, it's a, anytime a goal is scored in the National Hockey League, it, a bunch of things have to go right for you. It's not easy scoring goals. And when you're getting scored against, a bunch of things have to go wrong. And on that first goal, uh, there were a number of people that made mistakes on it and it ended up in the back of the net. And I think the frustrating thing for the coaches, are it wasn't just one person that made a mistake. There was two or three that created that opportunity for the Rangers. And the New York Rangers are going to create their own chances. They don't need you to help them. And unfortunately for the Oilers tonight, they helped the Rangers uh, help propel them to this victory with some mistakes that should have been avoided. 
3-1 is the final for New York. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When we do that, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, Rob, south side, north side, and where? Right downtown, right by the rink. I've been there, parked there a few times, eaten there a few times. I could use a, an appetizer coupon right now if oh, and then somebody's saying I drank there a few times too but that's not true <laughs> that's not true along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins time for your comments 780-496-0063 we'll hit the text line as well 630-630 more post-game reaction from both teams it's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Up the draw, J.T. Miller, chipping and charging, thrusting behind the net, centering pass, and another fine save by Cam Talbot on a puck that was hacked on net from the slot. Jack Michaels calling the save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Thanks for tuning in tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 1049. 3-1 Rangers take this game tonight. Before we go to the phone lines, I'll just quickly bank through a couple of texts here. Uh, sign your first name to the text if you can, please. But the Anonymous says, did Lucic lose the A for a good reason? Uh, no one has lost the A. They cycle through the three guys that wear the A's. Two guys wear them every night. Uh, KW says, what do you guys make of McClellan mentioning Everly and Nuge by name in the postgame presser? He usually doesn't name players directly in a negative light in his press conference. Is this a challenge to those players? Uh, it's a challenge. I, I, I know that he was asked a question specifically about Everly, and that's why it was easy for him to say the name. And I mean, you know, I, I don't think he was too negative about him, but he said he wasn't good enough. I think Jordan already knew the coach felt that way, considering Jordan did not play very much in the third period and was taken off his line. And Jackie says, Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins need to start producing. There might be too many playmakers on this team and not enough with a shoot-first mentality. Well, there's not a lot of... Uh, proven goal scorers on this team, and we 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 talked about that in the in the preseason when they said they were going to go with three skilled centermen. Uh, my worry was they didn't have enough wingers to play with them. I didn't think they had enough offensively gifted players to be on the wing. And uh, having said that, I don't think Nuge and Drysaddle as of late have played as well as they can. I think uh, they both have more in them, and the Oilers certainly need that. They can't just have uh, Connor McDavid driven line going. They need a second and third line. And, and you got to remember, Nugent Hopkins, for a number of years, he was the number one center here. He played against the other team's best defensemen and either their best line or their best checkers. He's playing against second or third pairing defensemen now. He should be able to create, create and same as Leon Dreisettle. He's not getting the same defensive pairings that, that Connor is getting. So those last year, Leon played a lot with Taylor Hall. He played against the other team's best and had success. So both these guys can have success. The Oilers need to find a way to get them to be successful again because one of the big reasons right now that the Oilers are not winning hockey games is they're that, they've dried right up. They're not creating the offense, and they've got one line scoring, and when it gets held in check, they're not winning games. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Gary standing by on the line. Hi, Gary. Thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Ray Roth. Thanks for taking my call this evening. Thanks, guys. Um... Well, you know what? Uh, I'm sure the McClellan coaching staff are a little bit frustrated with the way the, uh, the team has performed in front of Talbot. Uh, I think if they can eliminate the mistakes, uh, that's why the poor starts too. Um, if they can, I, I know there's communication uh, once in their end of the ice uh, and eliminate these turnovers, uh, uh, giving chances to uh, uh, the opposing, opposing players coming in, like uh, second or third player even, you know, if they can just kind of uh, keep a swivel, uh, head on a swivel and watch who's coming in and, and, and instead of watching them or watching the puck, you know, uh, tie up the player, get in front of the player, whatever, box him out. As far as uh, um, uh, when they do get a lead, I mean, uh, we see it time again. I mean, one bad game won't against, against Buffalo, but all the games they were in is when you get a lead, you got to find a way to, to finish the other team off, too. And basically, that's the point I wanted to make. And I think if they, if they can turn it around, they'd be more successful. 
Thanks a lot for calling, Gary. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063 is our phone number. Tell you what, we've got to go down to the Rangers dressing room, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's tonight's winning head coach, Elaine Vigneault. Well, back-to-back -back nights, uh, character seemed to be a pretty substantial issue. Well, I mean, there's no doubt, uh, you know, we uh, found out uh, in the afternoon that Crides wasn't going to be available for us, and then uh, just after warm-up, uh, Pavel said that he couldn't go also, so we're down to uh, 11 forwards, and, uh, you know, we had to grind it out and grease it out, and I thought we came out real well. Uh, move the puck, got some quality opportunities, scored a couple of goals. And uh, after that, there's no doubt that they had a real strong push. And uh, uh, I thought for the most part, uh, our goaltender made some you know big saves and our guys just uh, battled uh, through the back-to-back -back games. And it looked like Auntie did a good job of controlling the pace a lot of time in the own end of the way he handled it and held it. Anytime a goaltender uh, not only does that, like stop it and you know set it up for the D, but uh, controls his rebound the way Auntie did tonight, it really helps out the guys in front. If we can compact the way we did in, in front of our net, it makes it a little bit tougher on the opposition to get some uh, you know point blank chances, and uh, that's sort of what uh, we did tonight. And is there any magic to uh, working 11 forwards into the, into the rotation of the game? That's all I had, so there's no magic there. Just played the, the guys that were fresh at the time and uh, worked out for us. Well, he, I mean, as you know, he, 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 he wasn't in the building or he was coming to the building and uh, didn't have a warm up. So uh, we dressed him to have, uh, you know, the uh, 18 skaters. And our plan was if we ever got a power play, we might, we're going to use him. But we didn't get one tonight, so uh, we didn't use him. That's all. Is there any more of an update on, do you, on Kreider? Do you no, know anything? We should know in the next, next day or two. No, not not to my knowledge, and I guess the back just spasmed up, and uh, you know he couldn't he couldn't go. Are, are you going to call anyone up to meet you? I think what we're going to do is get to Vancouver, see how our, our guys feel tomorrow, and if we need to call somebody up, we'll do it tomorrow. Josh wouldn't be an option, right? He hasn't no, taken he has he hasn't taken contact. He's not clear for contact yet, so. All right, that's Elaine Vigneault, Scott Johnson, work in the Rangers dressing room. And, yeah, he was asked about Adam Clendenning, who dressed tonight but did not play. He said uh, they would use him if they got a power play. The Rangers did not get a power play. The Oilers were 0 for 2 on theirs. All right, we're going to go back to the phone, 780-496-0063. We have Steve on the line. Hi, Steve. You're on with Robin Reed. Um, I want to start off with one compliment, I think, and then uh, I have a question for both of you guys. Um, I'm really liking Tyler Pidlick's play. It's nice to see him healthy this season. Um, you know, I know we're having a tough spot right now, but like 80 games, I mean, my goodness, right? But Tyler's play has just been actually very surprising and uh, enjoyable. The other thing I want to ask you guys is, uh, and I've heard your comments tonight, uh, all very, of course, articulate and accurate, but I want to put uh, coaches' hats on you guys and put you in the dressing room for a minute. So my first question to Reed would be, okay, you're in the dressing room. You're looking at this mini slump that we're having. What would you say to the team? And I'd also like to uh, ask the same thing of Rob, and hopefully your answers are not identical. <laughs> well, I, I've never been in an NHL dressing room as a player or coach, so it's, it's difficult for me to imagine, Steve, so I'm going to defer to Rob. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> well, I, I think I think there's going to be some frustration with, with Todd McClellan in the dressing room. I think that he's going to go through the video, and he's going to show the mistakes. And, and, and the, the mistakes, if you make a mistake through execution or through hard work, and you overworked or you just went too fast or too hard at something and, and it turned into a mistake, you can live with those. Mm -hmm. The mistakes that the, the coaching staff can't live with are things that are lazy, things that are, are, are cutting corners, cheating, um, looking for the offensive chance that may come if something bounces your way instead of being on the right side defensively. They can't accept those. And, and, and when we've seen a lot of these goals that are scored early in the game, those are the problem is the players are, okay, if this bounces over a stick, I'm gone. But if it doesn't bounce now, it's a scoring chance. So I think the coaching staff is going to be very, very blunt. Mm -hmm. I think the coaching staff is going to be very honest. And, and, and players are going to be called out. 
and I think he, he started it by saying publicly that Ebbs did not get a passing grade tonight. He benched Ebbs in, in the third period in a game where they certainly could have used him when, when they pulled their goalie. So I think he's going to be honest with the players. So you want, what we have right now is not good enough. Quit reading the press clippings. Quit looking at where we are in the standings because these other teams are coming. And the way we're playing right now is not good enough. So Fair enough. It, now, I have one, uh, one last comment I'd like to ask you about. Because uh, Reed said something earlier in the show tonight about uh, almost, right? Like they yep. seem about a quarter to a half a step behind the, the Rangers tonight. And I know this is, uh, I'm just asking, do you think it could be a fitness level? Like they, they go 7-1, and one, they look fantastic, and now they look, you know, a little tired. I don't think it's a fitness level. I think the seven and one record compared to the the record was it two four and two now. Uh, it, a lot of it has to do with the quality of competition. Okay. I think the the Oilers had a very uh, favorable start to the season with who the teams they were playing, and Braden and I were sitting uh, a few games ago in the in the six thirty Ched studio, and we're looking up on we have a whiteboard with all the games on it. And I'm looking up there and I go, Reed, do you see our next ten games? And we started talking. It was a very tough 10-game segment that they're in right now. Okay. So I, I, I don't think outside of Phil Kessel in the National Hockey League, there's anybody who's not in great shape. So I don't think it's a fitness thing, no. All right, yeah, th- thanks, thanks Steve. And I will say this about, uh, about the coaching. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you what I would say if I were the coach. I can't even imagine that. But I, but I do know how this coaching staff reacts. They are. They often react with detailed practices by either saying, okay, here's a deficiency. Here's the reminder. Let's let's do it slowly, then at full speed of where you're supposed to be when this happens. And they will also do things working on tendencies to the opposition. And, and they'll watch a lot of video to, 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 ingrain, it, to ingrain it into the players. Yeah, so and, so and I think that's how they're going to react to this. With honesty to the players, you've got to be honest with them so they know what they have to be better at. All right, we've got a quick news break. If you're on hold, stay there. A little more post-game reaction as well. Oilers fall 3-1 to the Rangers. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perinich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Grabner scores twice, leading the Rangers to a 3-1 win over the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, the other goal scored by Dan Girardi, Andre Sekera had his first of the season for the Oilers. Assists going to Patrick Maroon and Connor McDavid. McDavid with six assists in his last four games. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Ed standing by on the phone line. Hey, Ed, go ahead. Hello. Hey, Ed. How are you doing? Good. I Honestly, I really don't feel like talking about the game all that much tonight. Um I was more uh, just kind of wondering. I'm I'm out in BC, so I don't really get uh, get a whole lot of uh, media coverage on the Oilers. Uh, it's all can sucks out here. But uh, I'm wondering about Hendricks and um, how how long he's out and when he comes back. Um, I, I, I'm guessing the obvious guy to to, to take that he would be taking his place would be Slepinsev. But um, just wondering if you guys know anything about how how long the timeline is when he's going to be back, and uh, maybe even also an update on Russell if you guys got something. Yeah, for sure. Well, Hendricks is getting closer. He and uh, Kajula have both been skating, though Kajula, Kajula would probably go down to the farm and play. Hendricks did tell me he's going to go on the road trip. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play on the road trip, but he will go on the road trip and skate and, and take part in, in practices. So he's he's getting closer. Uh, this Oilers uh, regime with McClellan and, and Shirelli has been pretty vague about about injuries uh, a lot of the time, but Hendricks is one of the guys that is closer to coming back. Now, Slepeshev uh, came out of the lineup tonight with with Cassian back, so if they went with these 12 forwards and wanted to put Hendricks in, they, they'd have to take somebody else out. I mean, I wonder if that would be if that'd be Anton Lander or if they would give Puglia Yarvi the odd night off. Uh, Pooley Harvey could probably serve uh, a bit of time down the farm too, and in, in my opinion, yeah. And, uh, and Russell, they, at first, sorry, Steve, uh, or uh, sorry, at, at Russell, at first they thought it was day day to day, but now it's longer, and that's all they've told us. Uh, well, that's that. Uh, yeah, they, they miss him back there, don't they? Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the guy is uh, very underrated. I mean, I I, I didn't really. Uh, like the signing at first, and and then just yeah, you kind of blew me away for sure. Ed, thanks for listening in BC. We really appreciate it. Okay. 
Right on, go Oilers, go. Right on, 780-496-0063. Down to the Oilers' room, here's winger Milan Lucic. Um, you know, uh, that confidence and that swagger that we had in the first eight games kind of seemed to get away from us a little bit. Uh, we haven't had it in the last eight games, so... You know, you want to do what you can and not get frustrated and stick together as a team. And uh, like I said, keep, keep creating those chances. But like we were in the first eight games, you know, burying them and and uh, making the most of them. So we all got to get better at that as a unit. Uh, moving forward, another big road trip coming up, you know, heading to California, finishing in, in Dallas. And, um, you know, it's... Things aren't always going to go smoothly, so like I said, we just got to stick together as a team and go back to having fun and, and having fun playing the right way, and, and that's what's going to uh, get us uh, on the right track again. Another early goal. Yeah. Time in seventh game. This is going to be a pretty big issue around here, fair? Yeah, and you know that was one of the things we emphasized going into this game was was not giving up that, that first goal, that early goal, and unfortunately, uh, you know, we give up an early one, you know, a minute, 10 in. So, you know, that's just, that's, that's on no one but the players. You know, that's, that's all on all of us, not, not being ready to play, not being ready to go. And it seemed to have bite us uh, in this last little stretch. And when you're playing from behind and catch up hockey, that's when you find yourself, you know, two, five and one over the last eight games. So uh, our start's got to be better. Um, our finish has to be better. Uh, our defense's own play needs to be better, and uh, I think as an ind- individuals, we all need to be better, and and that'll make us better as a team. When it's happened as often as it has with these early goals, does it rattle you mentally a little bit, or does it maybe more, make it more frustrating when it happens again? Yeah, it's it's not a good thing, whatever it is. Uh, uh, it's never good to you know start give up those early goals, and you know giving grade A scoring chances like that right off the start is is uh, not a good thing having to depend on your goalie to make such a huge save that early on in a game. And, uh, so, like I said, you know, it is frustrating, but you have to find a way to, to work through it and, and, and make sure it doesn't happen uh, moving forward. Reed, that's uh, Milan Lucic. All right, thank you very much, Brendan. Milan Lucic starts have to be better, finishes have to be better, defensive zone play has to be better. I mean, he knows what it is. He knows they're 2-5-1 uh, and one in their last eight, now 9-6-1 and one for the season. So, uh, I, I mean, they, they, they keep working. I know somebody texted in and said, why aren't you guys angrier? Well... Rob and I, we're pretty even keel guys. But, but I mean, look, it's, I, I'm not going to change my tune from when they were 7-1. and one. It was more positive then. 82-game season. Now they've they've won two of eight. Um, I mean, they're not losing 8 nothing every night. I, I know that doesn't make a loss feel better, especially if you spend money on, on, on tickets to come to tonight's game. But but I, I, I haven't looked at most of these games and said the Oilers had no chance. They, 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 they've, they've made mistakes. They've, they've made too many. They haven't, they haven't been the better team necessarily, but I also haven't looked at all these games and said, okay, they're 14 players away from being competitive. No, I, I agree. I think when they were 7-1, were and one, we were all happy and giddy because it was unexpected. Um, I, I, I think that, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I did not think that the Oilers were going to be a playoff team. I, th- I, I I thought that they would be much better. I thought they would compete in, in March and April in important hockey games. But to to make the playoffs, it was going to be a huge jump in, in from where they were. And there's a number of victories they're going to have to increase over what they had last year. But having said that, they got off to the good start. LA Kings lost their goalie for three months. So the possibility was there. I think right now they're playing probably where I expect them. They're playing against good teams. They could win those games. But they seem like they're just that one step, that one shot, that one goal behind because they're not as good as those teams yet. They're not as good as the New York Rangers or the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you can look at the records and say, well, the record was as good or better when they played each other. The Pittsburgh Penguins have done this year after year after year. They're the Stanley Cup champions. The New York Rangers are one of the elite teams in the league and have been for the last five or six years. The Edmonton Oilers are trying to get to that level. They're not as good as these teams. Should they win these games? No, they should win some of them. 
But if this was a seven-game series against the New York Rangers, they're not going to win. They're not going to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're not that good yet. But they are making strides. And losses like this, the coaching staff is going to sit down with the team. They're going to show them video. And they're going to show them how to get better. And then it's up for the players to, to go and execute the, the changes on the ice. Text here from Paul, the 630-630. He says, guys, when do you think Pugliarvi will get a shot with McDavid? Great question. I, 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 I was kind of ready for it to happen a few few games ago. I, I, I still say maybe not for a whole game, maybe not at the start of the game. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that combination. And quite frankly, Rob, I wouldn't mind them seeing them on the same power play, McDavid and Pugliarvi. I think I would like to see them on the power play more than I would like to see them as a line. The, the, the one thing that we've seen out of Pugliarvi throughout his his short stint here with the Oilers is when he gets the puck on his stick, he does not look for his teammates. He's a guy that wants to shoot. And going through the neutral zone, his whole goal is to get from his blue line to the opposition blue line so that he can shoot. Yeah, That's not going to work if you're playing with Connor McDavid. That puck's got to get to Connor and it's got to get to him fast. Having said that, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the power play uh, with, with Connor McDavid because he's a right-handed shot. He has a heavy shot. I haven't seen a whole lot whether he's got a good one-timer or not. We haven't seen that part of his game yet. But if the Oilers' power play does not score, if it does struggle, you've got a guy that wants to shoot the puck, and you've got on that first unit McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, two guys that want to pass the puck. So I could see that happening first before I see him going on a line five-on-five. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We have Steve hanging on. Hey, Steve, thank you for calling. Hey, guys. Hello. I'm just uh, having some chamomile tea, uh, thinking about the game, and I think it's uh, intensity that uh, the team kind of needs. I mean, they had it at the beginning of the year. I know there was a caller called in already, talked about Hendricks and being out of the lineup there. And I know when they picked him up, they called him the wagon. And I was just wondering if if a guy like that is going to make a difference in the lineup. Um, Pouliot is a guy that I think should should probably get a chance on that first line but I'm wondering if the amount of penalties has been taken as the reason why he's not given a chance and that's kind of all I got man thanks for another night of grinding that out yeah well, yeah fair question thanks. Uh, Pouliot I mean it, it, Maroon right now is the left wing on, on McDavid's line and has been very very good he had success for them last year he's having success uh, Benoit Pouliot I don't think has done anything that would make him deserving to move up in the lineup, and he's not going to go Poor switch down, over to the right frankly. side. He's been kind of a neutral, for me, kind of a neutral some player last few games. Yeah, I, I, don't, I do not see him moving up to play with Connor McDavid. I think uh, next game, my guess, it'll be Maroon and Everly again with an odd chance of it being Maroon and Pitlick. You think but. he starts Everly next game with a, with a short leash or what? Um, or do you think the message keeps, you think it's Pitlick starting the next game? I, I imagine it'll be Eberle. I, I, I do. But, I mean, I, I don't I don't think you can go wrong either way. The message has been sent. We saw that when uh, Pouliot got the message sent where he sat out two periods, next game he's back on his normal line and he was ready to play because I've sent you my message. So that's my guess. I mean, Jordan Eberle has to be productive for this team to be to be good. If, if Tyler Pitlick, and I love what he's done, if Tyler Pitlick's on your first line, I don't think you're going to be as a productive line. And Connor McDavid's line must be productive for this team to win. Rangers take it 3-1 tonight. The one goal for the Oilers means a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. All right, 780-496-0063. we got to take a quick timeout. You're going to hear from Patrick Maroon and from Michael Grabner, who potted two for New York tonight. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, once again, the Oilers allow an early goal, this time just a minute 20 in. Five times in the last seven games they've been scored on in the first two minutes. They go on to lose 3-1 to the New York Rangers. And here is Oilers winger Patrick Maroon. We got to stick together. Just, like I said, we talked about winning. 
and now we're here talking about losing again and all the everyone's talking about how we're going to get out of it. It's, listen, it's a long year. It's a long year. We're going to go through times like this, but you know what? We, we're a team. We stick together as a group. You know, there's some positives, and there's also some negatives out of it. And uh, we just got to keep going. We got to keep grinding and stick together. We can't come in here and mope around and you know we just got to come here and stay positive come to the rink every day and making sure every guy in here is having a good time because once we start going away from that it's, it's going to be a long year does it does the team have to go through this and get out of it to prove that it can i mean yeah i mean look this is a new team it's new guys it's we wouldn't be here talking about this if we wanted on the road so i think we're sitting here talking about it because we lost three in a row. So I think we just got to stick together. I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's a long <laughs> year. It's we're only 16 games in. So you know, we just need every line to be going. That's what it comes down to. We need the team to be going every night. And it can't be one. It can't be two lines. It's got to be four lines, 60, and our goaltender. And we got to do it. And it's a hard league. No one said this league was easy. It's a hard league. All right, well, there's Patrick Maroon. He's a good interview, a little frustrated. I think perhaps more frustrated about about proclamations of the Oilers' demise rather than about, about the loss tonight. But, I mean, like what he said at the end there, it can't be, it can't be two lines. Now, as you've said, Rob, it's very rarely you, you see a game in the NHL where all 18 skaters and, all, and the goaltender are magnificently on their game. But the games you win, you you probably have more guys than not who are having a good night. And I think especially for some of the Oilers uh, offensive players, the you know, some of the uh, some of the grind and some of the finish hasn't hasn't been there of late. Well, I mean, just look tonight at the the lack of finish. Uh, I mean, Lucic had a wide open that missed missed the net. He had a great setup by Well that passed Larson. by Larson. Oh, yeah. wonderful setup and, and Lucic got full wood on it. And 90% of the time, that goes in the net. It doesn't go in. Sakura, he, he has a wide open net. He misses. They, uh, I think it was Pouliot got a wonderful pass from behind the net from Cassian. Why he misses? Cassian has a breakaway. He misses, and he had the goalie beat. All they had to do was go up and over the pad. So the Oilers had, they they probably had way more grade A scoring chances than the New York Rangers. They just didn't capitalize. They're they're eventually going to come. They, these guys have guys that have you know they're. 20 goal scores, 25 goal scores in the National Hockey League that have had success before. Uh, the puck is going to go in the net if they continue to get chances. I, uh, I, I, I think that this team, uh, sometimes they press, and, and when they start falling behind, and that's, that's, that's normal, when you're behind and all of a sudden, I got a score, it's in the back of your mind and you, you clench the stick a little t- bit tighter. And that's another reason you don't want to give up the early goals against because now there's more pressure. You you feel the pressure because now that next shift, we have to go out there and score. I don't have, there's no room for a mistake. And unfortunately for the Oilers, they keep putting themselves in a position where when a guy has a scoring chance, he must score. And when a goalie needs to make a save, he has to make it because they're already behind and that goal or not goal all of a sudden, it's a, a two-goal difference, and just gets too much for them to overcome. Well, we we talked what they were doing better early in the season. They were they were playing downhill, and now and now they're playing uphill, right? And sometimes you just you just feel like yeah, we're we're rolling. There's not much resistance. We're gonna get the 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 big goal or the big save or the break when we need it. And and now those and now those things aren't happening. They are happening for Michael Grabner. You'll hear from him when we get back. Red hot for the New York Rangers. Already has ten goals on the season. It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chad. The New York Rangers sweep Alberta, just like the Dallas Stars did a couple of days ago. 4-1 in Calgary last night, 3-1 over the Oilers tonight. Michael Grabner, what a story he is. Two goals this evening, 10 on the season. Here he is. When you get on a roll as a goal scorer, does the net look bigger? or Uh, Maybe. It just seems to go in, but uh, I didn't really see much net on the breakaway, so kind of made some moves, but uh, yeah, it's just... That's the way it goes. If you score one, you get some confidence, and uh, the puck just finds a way in. And tonight you started and played a lot of the time with uh, Derek in the middle and, and uh, Rick Nash on, on the right side. 
Yeah, uh, they are great players, obviously. I've been around the league for a while and I just tried to get open for them. And uh, I think we had a lot of chances. Even Rick uh, could have scored a couple tonight. So uh, I think we've been clicking pretty good. Good. Thanks. Have you done anything with your game? Sorry, have you done anything with your game? Are you simplifying it? Or what, or what are you doing that's different right now? I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I've been getting that question a lot, but uh, I haven't really changed much. I'm just trying to go out there. I uh, do play my role. And uh, yeah, it's just been going good from the start uh, from the first game on so I think that's a big part of of hockey when you get confidence uh, I just seem to be going out there not thinking and uh, just good things happen important was to get those early goals considering the shorthanded situation you guys are in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a tough back-to-back and then losing a guy, but I think uh, everyone stepped up, everyone battled out there. It was a tough game for us uh, and it's obviously a big win. I think it was everyone had to step up the game a bit and uh, battle hard. So Michael Grabner got the goal a minute 20 in. He also got a bit of a backbreaker for the Oilers at 14.35 of the second period, stole the puck from Nugent Hopkins and got a breakaway. Yeah, Nugent tried making a pass that was ill-advised. He had a, a stick in the lane. Grabner tipped the puck out and goes on a breakaway. There's no way Darnell Nurse did his best to get back. There's no way he's going to catch him. And, and it was a—you heard Grabner talk about. It. He didn't see much of the net, so he got a little fancy. I was up here. I'm like, okay, he's—he just turned sideways. Now he's turned backwards. Uh, but when you have that much time, and he did have enough enough time to be able to to make the move. Oh, a great save by Talbot. Talbot gets his toe on it, but Grabner's able to get his own rebound, and even then Talbot stopped that. Unfortunately, stopped it about three inches behind the, the goal line. So it was a big goal for, for Grabner, a guy that because of injury moved up in the lineup tonight. He scores two goal, goals and probably easily could have had about four or five points as he was all over the place tonight for the New York Rangers. All right, so the Oilers will practice tomorrow morning and then fly. They will play in Anaheim on Tuesday. That game will start at 8. Our coverage will begin with the... Face-off show at 6.30. The Oilers now 4-4 four and four at home, but 5-2-1 and one away from home. Well, hopefully that trend will continue as they've got a couple tough road games right now. These are the ones that used to, to scare fans before when they saw where the Oilers were about to go play. Uh, this Oilers team is, is bigger, stronger, more physical. Uh, they were built to play against the Western Conference. Well, they're going to play some big Western Conference teams here on this road trip. Hopefully this will will be able to turn the slide around. They've got to get back in the wind column. They've got to gain confidence in each other, and they need to get a little bit of puck luck. All right, so the Oilers lose 3-1 to the Rangers. Earlier today, the Edmonton Eskimos pull it out in Hamilton 24-21. Sean White kicked a nine-yard field goal with seven seconds left to win it for the green and gold. Shortly after, Kenny Ladler intercepted Zach Kalaros. You can get more on the Eskimos on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. And, of course, we have a whole bunch of stuff on our Oilers page as well about your favorite hockey team. So tomorrow... Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7. Morley Scott will have the Eskimo show from 7 to 8. And then we're pleased to announce the debut of Charles Adler tonight. That'll be on 8 to 11 every night on 6.30, Chet. Rob, always a pleasure, buddy. Yeah, hopefully we see a much more exciting victory on Tuesday in Anaheim. All right. I want to thank Matthew Panashik. He worked a long day today, did the football game, did the hockey game tonight. He's been our studio producer. And thanks to our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Rangers down the Oilers 3-1.